Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Krista. And we're your hosts, guides, and friends on this path. Almost 30 is not about your age. It's about the feeling. All of us are almost something, seeking community and resources to support the rumblings of transformation within us. Our conversations are deep dives, shepherded by our insatiable curiosity and desire for connection, enduring inspiration, and a sense of levity that we can all benefit from. We're looking to find the magic in the human experience. Buckle up, baby. Your evolution is waiting. Hello and welcome back to Almost 30 Podcast. My name is Krista Williams and I am a host here at Almost 30. I host Almost 30 with my best friend and business partner, my soulmate, Lindsay Simsick. And sometimes we do solo episodes where we drop in with you on topics and things that we're moving through, that we're going through in hopes to share as openly and honestly as possible about our process in this human evolution. We've been doing this for around seven years now. We are podcast OGs in the space, and we like to talk about relationships, spirituality, wellness, personal growth, and we like to connect with you as much as possible within each and every episode, whether it's a solo or an interview. We have a lot more at almost30.com, on TikTok and Instagram at almost30podcast. But let's get into this week because I'm really excited. This is something that has been super present for me, something that I'm really moving through right now. And so it's not going to be fully baked. I want to explore doing episodes that I have written out less. I think on my solo episodes, I like to really write out my overview of what I'm going to talk about and what I'm going to share. And I want to make sure it's as impactful and helpful as possible. I want to make sure you're getting the most out of every minute that you listen to Almost 30. But this one I wanted to do a little bit more off the cuff, and I wanted to see what it felt like to just share what was on my heart in the moment and what was something that I'm really working with and something that, you know, has been really transformative for me. So to back it up a little bit, I am in the process with my family where I have my father, who I love very deeply and I'm very close to, is sick. He has Parkinson's, and he was just diagnosed with Alzheimer's, so we got the double whammy of two very painful, painful diseases. Two diseases that feel debilitating, both mentally and physically. And yeah, it's been completely heartbreaking. You know, I think for so long with the Parkinson's, I was in complete denial of the situation, which has given me so much compassion to people that are in denial of things. I literally thought that to myself. I'm like, oh my God, now I can have compassion for people that live in denial of what's happening because I was almost in denial for so long until I had to face it. And it was very interesting because I was with him for a few weeks to take care of him because it's gotten to the point where he needs care full time eating and getting out of bed. And we got the Alzheimer's diagnosis. And right when we got the Alzheimer's diagnosis, it felt like that week before I had accepted the Parkinson's. And I was like, okay, I'm in it. Let's do it. I'm here to take care of you. I'm here to love you. And then we got that. So it's been quite the journey. So there's been some things going on with my family, some family drama related to this, which can happen. You know, I think when there's such high stakes and when people are so stressed and they feel so out of sorts when someone's sick, there can be family drama that comes up. People are in fear because of what is happening. They are sad. They are upset. And sometimes that will manifest in weird, funky ways 
when you are not processing your emotions healthily, when you are not actually getting curious about what's coming up, or when you're unaware of the root of many emotions and you don't realize that there are secondary emotions, anger is usually a secondary emotion. A primary emotion would be sadness or fear. People can just be funky. And so that was sort of what was happening in my family. And I remember talking to my coach about it. And I was expressing this pattern that I realized where I feel like I am in a relationship with people where they will be cruel to me or they will be calling me names or calling me things or saying bad things about me and all of these things. And I'll just kind of be in this situation where I feel like I have to be in a relationship with someone that's like abusive in a way. Someone's abusing me in some type of way, whether it's narcissistic abuse or whether it's just cruel. And in this situation, it was really helpful. And this was sort of the message that I want to bring through in, in so many different ways in this conversation, because he said, you know, what can you do to stay in your integrity? It's not about them. It's not about what they're saying. It's not about what they're doing. It's not about how they're acting. It's not about all of these different things. You know, all of the drama that I had been in, this feels wrong. This feels unjust. This feels unfair. This feels painful. This is psychotic. This is narcissistic. This is all of the things, all of the drama, which is fair and good. I mean, I love to be a victim for, you know, at least five to 10 minutes a day maybe longer if I'm being crazy. But when I really pull out of that, the story of that, the pain of that, I can really be clear in feeling like, okay, so this person's going to do this thing. They're going to say this thing. They're going to act in this way. They're going to do whatever it is that they're going to do. What can I do? And the only thing that I can do in this current situation with this is to act in integrity with what's integrous for me. That means speaking clearly. That means speaking kindly if it's called for. That means speaking very directly if it's called for that. And how can I control? And control's weird in this sense, but it's controlling what I can do in acting in the most integrity as possible. So instead of thinking about, okay, what are they going to do? What are they going to say? What's going to happen when this thing, getting too far ahead, it's like, what can I do to stay in my integrity in this situation? And in that situation with my coach, I thought back to all the times where this pattern had been, where I'd been in this dynamic with almost like narcissistic abuse or some type of emotional abuse. And realizing that when I focused on what they were doing so much, that I was lost in trying to understand someone that's an abuser or someone that is mentally unwell and causes you pain. And I would spend so much of my time wondering and thinking about them and being like, why are they doing this? What about me made them do this? What about me needs to change so they stop doing this? All of these things. And this isn't to say that abuse is okay. This isn't to condone it. This isn't to say that, you know, it's something that we should just say, I should just need to focus on me. What I'm saying is when we are in situations where we're with people that are causing us great pain and suffering and we cannot control them, what is it that we can control in our integrity? What is it that we can do? Where can we focus on us? So where I would used to spend so much of my time focused on what they were doing, even predicting what they were going to do, that was a lot of my energy was spent predicting what other people 
we're going to do, thinking about what they were going to do. If I say this, they're going to say this. I remember with a lot of situations with friends and female relationships where I would want to express something in the relationship. I'd want to talk through a situation or have a clearing conversation. And then I would stop myself because I'd say, well, if I say this, they're going to say this. I would do that all the time. I'd be like, well, if I do this, they're going to do this. And I would not only not give people the opportunity to not only prove me wrong, but to also prove the story that I'd been telling myself wrong because we tell ourselves so many different stories. And a lot of times those stories are expired. Okay, taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should at least be simple. Can we all agree that? That's why for the last... Ooh, it has been almost four years now. I've been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel so nourished every single morning. I take it on an empty stomach. That's because servings of, go back. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more. It's such a powerful habit that also is powerfully simple. I'm all about simplicity lately, just making it easy to get what I need to make me feel healthy, focused, energized. So what does my morning look like with AG1? I get up first thing in the morning, I put my contacts in, I brush my teeth, and then I come out here, I do a little meditation and waiting for me is my packet of AG1 that I pour into a glass and I add uh, water. I like room temperature water, but you can do any temperature water go back, but you could do cold water as well. Um, I mix it up and I drink it. It's the first thing I put into my belly and I am ready to go. And honestly, this creates a cascade effect of really good habits throughout my day. Um, so I am sure that I get my daily nutrients. Um, I feel just focused. I feel energized. My body feels good. I feel regular. Um, and I know that they are obsessed with quality. Okay, AG1 from the get, from the very beginning, um, are obsessed with high quality nutrition. They go through a rigorous process, uh, testing process, so you know every ingredient is safe and they are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrient density. So if there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it is AG1. And that's why we've partnered with them for so freaking long. We love them. So this so if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs. Those are my faves with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash almost 30. That's drinkag1.com slash almost 30. Check it out. Okay. Small actions are pretty major. I was uh, walking down the street the other day in the morning. I was on my way to the gym and I wasn't on my phone and was consciously doing so. I, I was head up looking around, just kind of noticing things about my neighborhood and the people. And I smiled at a few people that walked by. And surprisingly, this is not a common occurrence, but they smiled back. And I know that me smiling at them somehow impacted their moment in, in the day and it impacted me to get a smile back. And I don't know, I was just like, wow, these like small little things that we can do can have some pretty big benefits. Um, and it just reminds me how small things we can do for our health, make a huge whole body difference. Uh, one of those things I do is Seeds DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. It has just made such a difference in my gut, skin, uh, and I know it has improved my heart health. Um, it is a 
just two little capsules that make a huge, huge impact on your health. Just two capsules a day. I've been taking Seeds DSO1 Daily Symbiotic for about four years now, almost. Oh my God. It's been a long time, maybe three years. And I, I have never been more regular which I love. It makes me feel really good. Um, my skin has been clear, which is so nice. Um, and I have experienced a huge reduction in bloating. So I know it works because there have been a couple weeks here and there where I forget to bring seed on vacation with me or when I'm traveling. And y'all, all of those symptoms come back. <laughs> it's kind of wild. So I've just noticed such a difference. Um, and it's easy to fit into my daily routine. I have it laid out every single morning. I take it on an empty stomach first thing in the morning. And it just sets off a chain reaction of really good habits throughout the day. So if you're not taking care of your gut, you must. Okay. This is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut microbiome means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and so much more. Seed is different because they have a patented capsule in capsule design, um, which means the fragile bacteria can survive the journey all the way in your GI tract from shipping to your door where it works best in your body. So um, it's uh, it's a very unique thing that Seed has. Um, and DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. They are all about the science. So if you want to read more about the science, please go to their website. Um, and I just love that it comes to my door every single month. My refill is there, so I never have to worry about it. So trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash almost 30 and use code 25almost to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed, S-E-E-D.com slash almost with the code 25almost. There was something recently that came up in part of the situation that's been going on with my family where they found you know, someone that had said something online about my marriage. And if you know or listen to the podcast, I had gotten married. I had been with someone for 10 years. We had an amazing relationship. And it was time for us to transition our relationship and no longer be married. And I've talked about it before on the podcast, but there was someone online that was saying that I had gotten married because I got paid to get married, like brands paid me. And it was like all to make money and it was all to like be an influencer that was getting married and all of this stuff. And basically that my wedding was like a sham. And so someone in my family had read that article and they brought that to me and they believed what was said in the article. And, you know, for a couple of days, I'm just spinning. I'm like, oh, my God, what can I tell these people to make them understand that like I didn't get married just for it to be online. I didn't get married. I didn't get paid to get married. How would I get paid to be married? I'm not even, and just going on and wondering like, okay, maybe I need to let people in more on my process of my relationship and what had happened. And maybe I should have told people this. And maybe if they would have only seen this and oh my gosh, if they only knew this and I'm just spinning, you know, there's the part of me that's so active that really wants people to understand me, really wants people to see me, really wants people to know the truth. I'm like, I want them to know the truth. And then I realized these people probably don't want to change their mind on how they feel about me for the most part. If they don't know me, you know, and they're online saying things or if they are someone that already has a bad idea of me and really wants it to be confirmed, there's really nothing I can do. You know, I could spend 
years of my life, my wheels spinning, just trying to convince them that I'm a good person, that we loved each other, that it is what it was, et cetera, et cetera. And really, that would take so much time and energy, and I'd be spinning my wheels when I could really just let them think what they're going to think. Just let them think what they're going to think. And when I think about that, there's such a freeing feeling in my body of like just letting people, like it is what it is. People are going to think what they're going to think. And their life and their world and their view of things, their view of me has nothing to do with me because it's a mix of their current trauma, their experiences, their unique soul signature, how they came into this world, the filters that they see the world through. And I have that same situation. The way that I see the world is unique. The way that other people see the world is unique. So we can't really choose how people are going to perceive what we're doing. The unique mixture within that person's life that made that comment about my marriage has given them this perspective that I would get paid for a wedding and that I would get married for social media after being with someone for 10 years. And I can't really do anything about it. And the amount of energy that I would waste and the time that I would spend wondering and trying to convince and trying to like manage and trying to figure it out is just wasted energy. And I've wasted so much energy in my life trying to manage people's experiences with me, trying to get them to understand, trying to get them to see me, trying to get them to know that I'm a good person and I'm, you know, I wouldn't, you know, what is it that they want from me and really trying to be that. And I really love what Mel Robbins brought through, which is about this. It's the let them theory, just really letting people be who they are, loosening the grip, the control that we feel like we have on people. So the way that I apply the let them theory is really just thinking about all the ways in which I could be agitated. I could be trying to control people. I could be annoyed. I could be triggered. And just thinking about what if I just let that person fully do what they were doing. And of course, this doesn't apply to drunk driving. This doesn't apply to someone who's harming themselves. This doesn't apply to specific scenarios, but we're talking about things that are like surface enough where it's annoyances that would liberate us if we let it go. We see someone online doing something we don't really agree with or we want them to do. What if we just let them do it? Because that's their unique experience, their unique soul expression. They came here to do whatever it is that they're going to do, and we have to let them. I realized in my relationship that a lot of what I was doing was not letting him be who he was, and he wasn't letting him be who I was. And that in the end, when I eventually did completely let go and completely let him be, it was so much more freeing for him, and it was so much more freeing for me. I was able to be more of myself. He was able to be more of myself. And so often when we get in relationships and friendships and with family, we have this idea of who we think people should be. Oh my gosh, if they would only break up with that person, if they would only quit that job, if they would only set boundaries, if they would only just say no to this thing, if they would only start drinking green juice, if they would only start doing yoga, they would only start eating well. And it's really none of our business. It's really the person's life and their life experience that we need to just let people do what they're going to do. And as long as it's not impacting us in an abusive way or super negatively, then we got to just let people be who they're going to be. And what we can focus on is being in as much integrity with ourselves as possible. 
Another example of this is there was a situation happening at work and there was something that needed to be talked about or needed to be expressed and needed to be experienced. And there's the part of me that's like, this person doesn't care. They're not checking in. They're not communicating. They're not doing these things. And I'm just kind of spinning about this person and what I'm perceiving them to do or what I'm perceiving to be the situation. And I'm like, you know what? All I have to do is make sure that I'm in integrity with myself by communicating what it is that I'm experiencing. That is all I can do. I'm going to let them be who they are and do their thing. But what I can control is being as much in integrity with myself and communicating very clearly how I'm experiencing the situation. And so that conversation might go something like, you know how I'm experiencing you is that you're not feeling as interested in the job or you're not feeling as interested in your work. And the reason why I'm saying that is because of X, Y, and Z. And it's really an integrity for me to bring this to your attention because I would love for us to be at a better place where we're communicating more, where we are finding less errors in your work, and we are finding that you're showing up to work really excited. How does that feel? And so focusing on what about me can I bring to the situation? How can I bring more honesty, more truth, and more clarity? How can I have the intention that we come to a better place than further from it in the conversation? To bring us closer. But then it's also letting people be who they are throughout the entire process. Okay, so I recently got my shipment, my monthly shipment of my Symbiotica products. Two of those products I take every single freaking day the vitamin D3K2 liposomal delivery. I just squirt, squirt in my mouth, uh, 12 pumps every single day, and the uh, B6, B12. Um, these two not only taste great, but I have noticed that during this season, we're still in the winter months, I have knock, knock on wood, not been sick. Um, so keeping my immunity up during this hectic season is a must. So um, not only have I been taking those two, but I've also been taking the liposomal vitamin C. This particular formula uses liposomal delivery so my body can actually absorb the nutrients and allows my body to reap all the benefits. Um, it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients too. So, you know, Immunity, amazing, yes, and also hair, skin, and nails benefit too. Um, in addition, I am also carrying with me all the time the magnesium L3 innate. These come in little packs and they are so freaking yummy. It's like a vanilla cream flavor. Sometimes I will put this on dessert. Yes, I do. If you don't know about Symbiotica, we've been working with them for a couple years now. Shervin, uh, one of the founders has been on the podcast many times, some of our most loved episodes. Uh, but this is a company we trust. They are a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. All of their formulas are backed by science and their supplements only contain clean plant-based ingredients without toxins or harmful chemicals. They are absolutely obsessed with making sure their products do not have toxins or harmful chemicals. Thank you so much. Okay. So if you want to try Symbiotica, you can save up to 20% off site wide with our code almost 30. Just go to symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site wide. Do it now. Almost 30 is the code. Go to symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Something that I really love is my sweet cats, Fuji and Ugi. They are so meaningful to me. And I know if you love your animals too, that your pet is one of a kind. So is their journey in life. So 
While every playful moment is a memory in the making, sometimes our cats and dogs are a little too good at getting into trouble. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help get you the pet care that they may need. The ASPCA Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. It allows you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are, because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's actually really simple. So you can use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash almost 30. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash almost 30. Again, that's ASPCA petinsurance.com slash almost 30. That's almost three zero. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The SPCA is not an insurer and not engaged in the business of insurance. I think something else too that I've been thinking about with my dad being sick is friends and how people show up in your life. And, you know, I'm so grateful to have people that show up for me. I feel so held. And then there's also, of course, through any hard situation, through my separation, through the things that I've been through that have been really hard, you really see not only who your friends are, but more so who has the capacity and who can metabolize things that are really hard. Because for a lot of people, it's not that they don't care about you when you're going through something hard, a breakup, a death, a sickness, a job loss. But a lot of people don't have the capacity to really hold you through something. And they might be scared. They might feel like they don't know the right thing to say. They might feel like afraid of what it feels like to talk to someone who's going through death or who's going through something that they feel is really icky or scary or gross that they're scared to look at themselves. So oftentimes when we're going through really hard times, we can feel really alone and we can feel like we've done something wrong because someone's not showing up for us. But it really just shows the capacity for that person to show up for something like that in general. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with the hard thing that you're going through or how much they love you or how much they care for you or want to be with you. But I've realized that sometimes when we go through really hard things that are related to death, that are related to dark, sticky stuff, death, divorce, illness, money stuff, all of that, sometimes people really can't be in that frequency because it's really uncomfortable. If you haven't done a lot of shadow work, if you haven't really looked at all aspects of you, and that is the dark, that is the gross, that is the uncomfortable it can be really hard to look at that in someone else. So when someone's going through something that's really hard, you don't really want to be around it. You're like, I don't really want to talk about death. I don't really want to talk about someone's parents being sick. That makes me think about my parents that being sick. And I don't like that. I don't really want to talk about someone who's going through a separation because I have, I'm having trouble in my relationship and this feels like a little bit too close to home. And for me, I've had people that haven't really showed up for me in the process of my dad really being sick, people that I want to show up for me. And I've had to remind myself that sometimes it's the content of what I'm going through that can be so uncomfortable for them that it can be hard to show up. Sometimes it can be a mirror for them where they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to think about that in my own life. That feels uncomfortable or that feels sticky. 
And it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me as a friend or me as a person, but it's really what you're going through and people's ability to hold or have capacity for the stuff that's really, really hard and the stuff that's really deep. And I think a lot of people often feel like they have to show up in a specific way, that they have to know what to say, that they have to say the perfect thing, that they're scared to say the wrong thing, that they're scared to do it wrong or they're scared to mess up. And what I realized is that it's not about being perfect. It's not about saying the right thing. It's not about doing it all amazingly. It's really just about showing up. And it's about just saying like, hey, I'm here. Like if you want to talk, I'm here. If you need anything, I have you. If you want to just sit on the couch, let's do it. If you want to go on a walk, let's do it. If you want to say crazy stuff, I'm available. You want to, you know, have some rage come out, I got you. It's really being there and being present for what is and not taking it personally, not applying it to your life, and not really thinking too much about what this person is going through and allowing them to be in their process. And I realized within this, when I had stories about some of the friends that, I think there's like two, the friends that weren't showing up for me in the way that I felt like I thought they would, in the way that I thought our friendship warranted, I really realized that instead of making up all the stories about it, like, oh my God, maybe they feel like this. Maybe they are mad at me. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe, you know, I didn't show up for them in some way or all the stories that we can create. I mean, my mind can go to pretty wild places with the stories, the stories that I was like, oh, they hung out with this one person. I think that one person thinks this about me. And so they told them that this, and I'm like, off to the races with the stories. And instead of taking up too much time with those stories, you know, because we could run those stories for weeks, months, the rest of our life, we could essentially make a story, our truth for the rest of our life. And instead of really allowing those stories to run, just calling the person and asking them, you know, like, hey, I'm going through something hard. It really hurt me that I felt like our relationship warranted you showing up a little differently. And I wanted to talk about that. And I wanted to express that with you. And I wanted to talk about it before I let the stories that are running in my head sort of take over. I love you and this relationship's meaningful to me. And I'd love to explore this together. So instead of really allowing all the things in our minds, all of like the theories, all of the, the things run rampant, just speaking to that person and just clearing it and asking them, hey, this is the story that I have. The story that I have is that you don't really care for me, you know, because you haven't really called or shown up. I love you. I'd love for you to be there for me. Like, how are you feeling about this? And just clearing it up. So within both these situations of acting in integrity and letting them and calling yourself forward to clarify or crystallize the stories that you're thinking of, it's really about creating more emotional and mental space, more psychic space. It's really about allowing yourself to be free of these loop thoughts, of the narratives, of the things that you're repeating in your mind that are really controlling your emotions and your mood. So within my family, you know, reading that someone would say that about my marriage definitely took me over for a few days. I'm like, oh my God, if they understood. And then there's the part of me that's like, am I acting in integrity in the way that I handled my separation? Yes, I was. I feel so proud of it. We're good friends. We love each other very much. And I acted with deep integrity. And that's all I can do. That's all I can really do in my life. And that's all we can really do is make sure that we show up in integrity to do everything we can to not control others, but to control how we're showing up. 
And in the situations with the let them theory, when we have people that are frustrating us or triggering us, or we feel like they're acting rude or unjust or whatever it is, how much more freeing does it feel to just let people be who they are? To just let every unique blueprint in this world, every unique soul in this world to just be who they are and not feel like we have to control them. To not feel like the little girl or little boy or little being inside of us needs to feel safe because someone else is not doing what they were doing before or someone else is acting differently, but to feel safe because we, as the inner parent, are there for them. And we, as the inner parent, are, you know, the person that's actually with them and loves them. And how nice is it when we can take control of the narratives in our mind and control of our relationships and how we feel in our relationships by just speaking to things, speaking to feelings, speaking to our thoughts with people that we love in order to have greater intimacy, in order to have greater depth, and in order to give ourselves a break from some of the stories that we continue to tell ourselves. Intimacy is created through moments that sometimes feel uncomfortable. Intimacy is created through sharing with people what is going on in your mind or some things that feel a little crunchy or sticky or embarrassing. You know, you could be like, hey, like I've actually been thinking about you for the past couple of days and it's making me really sad because I felt like, you know, you didn't reply to my message or you didn't show up for this thing. And I just really love you and I feel really sad and I actually feel scared because I feel like there's something going on in our relationship and it's making me worried. How freeing for you to act in integrity and say what it is that you need to say and then also to let people be who they are and allow them to also show up for you and to be like, oh my gosh, really? I can't believe you have that story. I love you so much. I just got really busy this week. And sometimes it's as easy as that. It's as clearing and as easy as that. Being in control of your life sounds really beautiful. It sounds like a positive thing. But then when we're trying to control everything, when we're trying to control how miracles happen, when we're trying to control our path, when we're trying to control other people, it can be really tiring. It can be really consuming. The biggest thing that I'm really realizing is that as painful as it may be, as someone that's an empath and cares deeply for people, it's not part of my path and it doesn't serve my path and it doesn't serve anyone else's path to try and make sure that everyone is understanding me, that everyone knows who I am, that everyone can see my effort, that everyone thinks I'm a good person. I cannot make sure that everyone else is never hurt. I cannot make sure that everyone else is never triggered. I cannot make sure that everyone else is never annoyed with me. I cannot make sure that everyone else likes me or doesn't like me. What everyone else is doing is completely in their control and their life and their responsibility. And it's the same for me. And it's been my work in the past year to really let go of the perception that I can really control how people perceive me, that I can control if they like me or not, that I can control if they see me as a good person or they see me as all the things that I want people to see me as. And that is just not my responsibility. People will be hurt in life. People will be triggered. People will be sad. There's things that people will go through. There's things that I've been through. There's things that you've been through. And it's not our responsibility to control whether people are perceiving us in a good way or not, or perceiving us to be good or bad or not. So if there's anything that you can do, you know, in the next week or the next couple months to support yourself in having 
a more liberated and whole life where you feel really good, where you feel in right relationship with yourself and your relationships and other people is to act in integrity, to focus on what you can do in every situation, to act in integrity with yourself, to act in clarity with yourself, to act like the person that you want to be, the person that you seek to be, that clear communicator, that kind communicator, that patient person. Of course, not trying to be perfect, but just asking the integrity with yourself. And you can also do the Mel Robbins. You can do the let them theory. You can just let them. Let people be who they are. Release the grip of control. Trying to control other people. Trying to control every outcome. Trying to control every situation. And just let people be who they are. Instead of letting the stories consume your mind, consume your brain, you can just ask. You can talk to people. You can bring them in on what's going on in your mind. You can deepen your intimacy and your love for one another by just talking about it. Being brave enough to acknowledge the stories that are going on in your head and being brave enough to really invite people in on your life and in your heart. So something I just wanted to share with you this week on this little episode. Thank you for holding space for me. Thanks for holding space. As I talked about things that I'm going through, things in my family, obviously I wish I could share more details on everything. I think that's something that's been a little funky town USA with doing a podcast that reaches so many people is that I know that details often help, but sometimes details often hurt the people that they reach. So I try and share as much as I can with you guys in my life and things that are most helpful and relevant. And I'm hopeful it's helpful and relevant for you. So I really appreciate you. I love you so much. You can find me on Instagram. It's Krista. It's I-T-S-K-R-I-S-T-A. I would love to connect with you. And I'm sending so much love. We have episodes twice a week here at Almost 30. We have over 600 episodes. Definitely make sure to subscribe, rate, or review. It's just a kind way to show your love for the show and just to support us. And then make sure to check out our website, almost30.com. We have all of our partners, tons of amazing discount codes listed on our website for you to get discounts on some of the best brands in the game. Almost 30 Podcast on TikTok. Almost 30 Podcast on Instagram. We are popping off there. And then you can join my Life Edit program. So my signature program on changing your life, both from the inside out, is called the Life Edit. And that's available at almost30.com. I will see you on the next one. Bye-bye.